Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Lord, we do pray that you would take our minds now and our hearts as the great potter, and you would mold them Mold our thinking, Lord. Mold our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we are, Matthew five seventeen, which says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, in our last study, you remember that we looked at the Lord stating that his followers were the light of the world. And we saw the importance that he put on being a light that was not hidden or that was not concealed. The scriptures are light. When it says in Psalm 119, 105, it says in Psalm 119, 105, it says, thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. So the Bible's the lamp. The Bible's the lamp that gives direction and daily life, and the Bible also shows the way to heaven, as we know through the Lord Jesus Christ. We hide the light when we don't speak openly about the Lord Jesus Christ, about the Word, and to a world that is in darkness, that's stumbling around in darkness, they bump into what they don't even know and then move on. But the Lord, it says in Psalm 6811, Psalm 6811 says, the Lord gave the word, and then great was the company of those who published it, or great was the company of those who were preaching, or great was the company of preachers. And then we saw how he used this example of a candlestick and the elevation of a candlestick in terms of how much light it gave. He says, you know, the idea is that when a candlestick is kept very low, it doesn't give very much light, but the more it's raised up, the more light it throws and then he says, the whole goal of this is to glorify your Father which is in heaven, in verse 16. Our lives are not to glorify ourselves. Our lives to glorify God. Now he turns, in verse 17, to a warning. And the warning is about what we think, what we think about. And he says in verse 17, don't think this way. Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So he's about to embark 
on teaching that the people have never heard before. This is absolutely new to them. Their teachers of the people, the teachers of the law, the teachers of the Torah, the teachers of the prophets, have never told them what he is about to tell them. And because of that, the people who were listening to him were tempted to think, oh, he's destroying the law, he's destroying the Torah, he's destroying the prophets. And he knew the people were gonna think that as he introduces to them a new way, a new way of thinking that is not their thinking, that's not in the Torah, that's not what I've been taught, that's not the prophets. And he knew that the rabbis themselves, who were their teachers, we're going to say that about him. They're gonna say to him, look, he's destroying the Torah. He's destroying the law, he's destroying the prophets. So it's very important to the Lord that this wrong thinking that he came to destroy the law and the prophets, it just be cut off right from the start. He's about to start a new trend of teaching which is all along the lines of, you have heard that, but I say unto you. And what the people had heard in the past was the interpretation of the law and the Torah, the prophets, from the point of view of the rabbis. And it's wrong. And so he's gonna give them the correct interpretation of the law and the prophets. He's not gonna destroy the law and the prophets. He's gonna give them the correct interpretation. So in order to understand what he meant here, when he says, think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets, we have to really look at this from the point of view of the people who were listening to him at that time. These were people who only knew the Old Testament. Of course they only knew the Old Testament. The New Testament didn't even exist. But they looked at the Lord and they were tempted to think, only knowing the Old Testament, they were tempted to think, oh, he's come to destroy the Old Testament. They didn't call it the Old Testament. We shouldn't really call it the Old Testament, but what can we do? Anyway, so the people listening to the Lord at that time were looking from the point of view of only knowing the Old Testament, and they thought he came to destroy the Old Testament. You know, it's interesting because today, it's just the opposite. Today, in the Lord's day, people only knew the Old Testament, whereas the church today really only knows the New Testament as relevant in their lives, and that's why churches like to call themselves a New Testament church, whatever that is. And this is because the church today sees the Old Testament as archaic. They see it as Jewish, it's archaic, it's not, it doesn't really have a relevance for me, and they really only know the New Testament as what is new, as what is current, as what is relevant. Just as the people in the Lord's day, they only knew the Old Testament, and they were wrong, to think that the Lord came to destroy the Old Testament, so the church today is wrong to think that the Lord came to destroy the Old Testament with the New Testament. Both thinkings were wrong thoughts. The people 2,000 years ago who only knew the Old Testament, they were wrong to think that the Lord came to destroy the Old Testament. People today who really only know the New Testament are wrong to think that the Lord came to destroy the Old Testament. And the reason for people today, the wrong thinking, it's because they really don't understand the Old Testament. The Old Testament, if properly understood, is seen as an explanation of the New Testament through examples, through types, through symbols, through ordinances, through laws. And the New Testament 
really reveals the meaning of the Old Testament. You cannot know the Old Testament without knowing the New Testament, and you can't know the New Testament without knowing the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a foundation on which the New Testament stands. The Old Testament is very important. That's why we spent the last seven years studying the first book in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is so important, Genesis. And if you take away the foundation, then the building collapses. The New Testament is a building that the Old Testament stands on. You take away the building, the foundation has no purpose. You wonder, what's that there for? It's like a block wall. You know, so if you had a wall standing on the ground, if you had a block wall stood on the ground with no foundation, it wouldn't take much for that wall to fall over. It's like knowing the, just the New Testament without knowing the, the Old Testament. It's like, a, it's like a wall without a foundation. It's ready to fall. On the other hand, if you just have the foundation, it's like you see this all the time in Mexico. In Mexico, you see this all the time. You take the drive from Tecate to Ensenada along the wine road there, they call it that, and you see this all the time. You see that you look at this wall, and there's a beautiful gate, and maybe it stretches out just for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, all you see is a foundation. And you realize, well, that was a good idea. <laughs> it would have been nice. Yeah. Because the wall's never been built on the foundation. Where it started is great, and for whatever reason, it's not finished. You see it all the time. You see it in Loretto. And it's just a foundation. It's in the wall. And, and when you see that, you might even see some rebar sticking out of the ground from where the, the, the foundation was, but no wall. And that's like where you only know the, the Old Testament and you don't know the New Testament. It's the unfinished wall, which is the foundation. It's like the foundation is crying out, where's the wall? Where's the wall? I, I'm all set up as a foundation for a wall, so where's the wall? That's what the Old Testament is without the New Testament. It's crying out. It's crying out for, where's the New Testament? Where's the explanation for all these feasts, for all these ordinances, for all these laws, for all these thou shalt, thou shalt not? You know, it's crying out for a New Testament to explain why. And those, those who try to follow only the Old Testament, they try to keep hundreds of laws without any knowledge of what they all mean. And when you only focus on the Old Testament, you're concerned with the what. But when you focus on the New Testament with the Old Testament, then you are concerned with the why. You know, I remember one time I was in the house of my, my New Orthodox Jewish friends in, back in New Jersey. And I live in a, they live in a, one of those ex, exclusive Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods. And I was there for a Sabbath dinner. And, you know, they were going through the wash. We could, now we have to all go to the sink and use this copper pot. And we have to wash our hands this many times. And, and then we have to stand at the table and throw salt across the table and I was totally out of line because I was continually asking, why do you do that? <laughs> why do you do that? And each time I would say, why, my friend David and my friends David and Minna would just glare at me and not answer me, hoping I would get the, uh, get the hint, you know, till finally I had asked too many why questions for them. And David just turned to me and says, you don't ask why, you just do it. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> that's the way it was. That's what happens when you only focus on the Old Testament 
without the New Testament, you don't ask why, you just do it. On the other hand, if you focus on the New Testament without seeing the Old Testament as an explanation for the New Testament, then the interpretation of the, of the meaning of the New Testament, it's prone to deception. It has no guide. People who do not see and do not know the Old Testament as the explanation for the New Testament are prone to be misled. The Lord said, beware, in Matthew 24, he said, beware lest you be deceived. For example, people who see the Old Testament as old and not relevant for today, they do not see, really see the Jewish people as God's people. They see that as the Old Testament. And they see the New Testament, it's very clear now that God has replaced the Jewish people with the church. They're now God's people. Now that's one example of not knowing and seeing the importance of the Old Testament to explain the New Testament. And that's why the Lord's warning is so important here in verse 17 when he says, don't think that way. Think not that I am come to destroy the law, the Torah, or the prophets. And this is such a serious problem that the Lord took a strong stand against thinking that he came to destroy the Old Testament, he came to replace it. And the Lord says, you know, in verse 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. The Lord is saying, perish the thought. It's a very similar protest that Paul gave at the thought that God has now, with the New Testament times, rejected the Jewish people in Romans 11.1, 1, Romans 11.1, 1, where, where Paul says, I say then, have God cast away his people? God forbid. Protest the thought. So when the Lord Jesus says, think not, he's protesting the thought that he has either canceled out or weakened the Old Testament. Now, he uses a very strong word here when he says the word destroy. Destroy is a very strong word. He will use that. He talks about the devil came to destroy. He says in John 10.10, John 10.10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. He also uses it, he will use it in Luke 9.56, Luke 9.56, when he will say the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. He didn't come to destroy men, but he did come to destroy, not men, but 1 John 3, 8, 1 John 3, 8, he that committed sin is of the devil, the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And also in Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14, it says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He came to destroy the devil, he did. He came to destroy the devil, he came to destroy the works of the devil, he didn't come to destroy the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. Now, he knows that down the line, that the scribes and the Pharisees are going to make this accusation to him, which they did in Matthew 15.1. Matthew 15.1, where they said, then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, 
why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So this is very important to understand because the rabbis taught, and still do teach, that the tradition of the elders, what they call the oral law, the tradition of the elders, they teach that is the only correct interpretation of the law, of the Torah, the law, and the prophets. So the rabbis taught, and still do, that to violate the tradition of the elders is to destroy the Torah law and the prophets. And he knew he was gonna be accused of this, so he was telling his listeners right off the bat, don't think that I've come to destroy the law. So the Lord Jesus has stated that he didn't come to destroy the Torah law or the prophets. And then he goes on to just make this even clearer in verse 17 when he says that I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill. It's a very interesting word that he says here, the word fulfill. The word fulfill is the the Greek word pliru, and it's an interesting word because it really means to complete. It means to finish. As a matter of fact, it's such an important word that we've already seen it without even knowing it, but we've actually seen this five times in Matthew so far. And so we saw it right away in Matthew 121, in the first chapter of Matthew 121, when it describes what happened, and then it says, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, in Matthew 2.15, it says, he was there until the death of Herod, the Lord was down there in Egypt, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. In chapter two, verse 17, Matthew 2.17, it says, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet saying when the the death of the children. And then in Matthew 2.23, Matthew 2.23, talking about where he was raised in Nazareth, it says he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets who shall be called a Nazarene. And then in Matthew 4.14, Matthew 4.14, it says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of Isaiah the prophet saying. So, all of this fulfilled prophecy. And now he says in verse 17 that the Old Testament being full of prophecies and he came to fulfill. He came to fulfill those prophecies. Each prophecy in the Old Testament, each prophecy can be looked at as a promise from God. Each prophecy is God saying, I promise you that. You might as well have that in front of each prophecy. Because every prophecy that God is making, he's saying, I promise you this will be fulfilled in the future. So all the Old Testament is full of prophecies. And what the Lord meant in verse 17 is that he came not to destroy the prophecies as if to say, well, forget about it. God is not gonna keep all those promises. He's saying, no, 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 to the opposite. I came to wrap them up. I came to fulfill those promised prophecies. You didn't? He didn't come to make void the promises. He came to make good the promises. So the prophets now, they prophesied, and that means that they told it's gonna happen in the future, and that was God's promise. And so this was what the law was. And so the law now serves two purposes. Serves two purposes. One purpose of the law is that it shows man how far short he has come to making the grade. Basically, the law says to man, you failed. 
That's what it says. Here's the standard, here's the criteria, here's what you have to meet, and sorry, but you failed. So man looks at the law, if he's gonna look at the law properly, and he's gonna interpret the law correctly, not as the rabbis did, but if he's really gonna look at the law correctly, then he's gonna say, I just can't do it. I can't do it. And in that way, the law fulfills its purpose of leading man along, as it says in Galatians 3.24. Galatians 3.24 says, wherefore the law was, a, was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Not justified by the works of the law, but justified by faith, a different justification. So what the law did was that it showed man how sinful he was, and it caused man to say, there's gotta be someone who's not like me, who can keep this law perfectly, and that caused man to look for that someone, for that person, and so when the Lord Jesus said, I came to fulfill, he was saying, I'm the person. I'm the one that you've been looking for. I am the sinless person who will fulfill the law that you could not fulfill because you're sinful. That's what he's saying here, when, he, when I came to fulfill. So by living this life that fulfilled the law, he lived the life that no one else could live. And in that sense, the law was like, again, a promise, was like a prophecy where God said, thou shalt not, and I know that you shall, <laughs> because you shall do what thou shalt, well, I know that thou shalt do what thou shalt not do, because I know you are sinful, but I promise you that there is one who is coming who will obey the thou shalt not. So when the Lord Jesus says in verse 17 that he came to fulfill, he's saying that he's a person. He's the person who is described in the Bible in Isaiah 53, 11. Isaiah 53, 11. He is described by God as my righteous servant. My righteous servant. Quite different from God's description of Israel in Isaiah chapter one who he describes as, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquities. That is the farthest you can imagine as someone who God would say, my righteous servant. But he's the righteous servant, he's the only righteous servant, he's the only person who ever obeyed every aspect of the law. He gave the law as Jehovah Jesus, he defined the law here in the Sermon on the Mount, he fulfilled the law in his life the only person who perfectly obeyed the law as a man, as a man. So when we think of the Old Testament, it's good to think of the Old Testament as like shadows that are being cast. You know, the ordinances, the laws, the feasts, and so forth, shadows. And then the Lord, as he's stepping out now, he's proving that he is the unseen one. He was the unseen one that cast the shadows that make up what we know as the Old Testament. The Old Testament, it described the Lord Jesus by the examples, and when the Lord Jesus came, then the examples, they gave way to the real person. The examples gave way to the real person they were describing, not canceling, not destroying, they just gave way, but they still serve. They still serve today. The Old Testament still serves to describe the Lord Jesus. For example, in, in Hebrews 9.8, Hebrews 9.8 is talking about the tabernacle, which is full of examples and, 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 and shadows and types and symbols of the Lord Jesus. But here it is. 
in Hebrews 9.8 talking about the tabernacle, and it says there, Hebrews 9.8, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all, where God was, the Holy of Holies, Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 